Hello, and welcome to Challenging Your Health Mindset. This podcast is produced and presented by Liberty University's Student Health Center and Wellness Initiatives Department. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have my good friend from um, Liberty University here with me today, Rebecca Tritipo. Tritipo, yes, yeah. that's right. And so we're going to be talking about occupational wellness today, Terrific. but specifically graduation. Why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Well, let's see. It, it depends on how far we want to go back. But, <laughs> but actually, I have a background um, in cardiac surgery as a cardiovascular perfusionist for about 25 years. But I've also taught, I've coached, yeah. um, authored a number of books and so forth. And now I'm a career coach and loving every minute of it. Well, we love having you here. Thank and you. thank you for being what I would call uh, in my military career, a battlefield multiplier, that person who makes our fighting force better. Ah. And, and because of your position here, um, you're going to prepare our students for a vocational uh, world. Sure. And and I'm thankful that you're here this morning to talk with me. I have Thank a few you. questions, if you yeah, don't mind. Yeah, of course. So the first thing is, what is the best advice you received in college about today's topic of graduation? I have to be totally honest. Graduation was a really long time ago. <laughs> and it was 1978. And to be honest, I don't remember getting any advice. Mm. I mean, I got advice from my parents. They were concerned because I had gotten married while I was in school. And they go, oh, just wow. make sure that you finish. finish right? You know, but other than that, I don't think I anyone offered anything mm. to me. I sort of had to figure it out on my own, which was... A little problematic, particularly pre-internet days. Mm, yeah, you know, I, if you I wanted, remember those days. If you wanted a job, you looked in the Sunday paper and you go, eh, and classified it, and you wrote some kind of something on a piece of paper and you carried it down there and go, here I am. Yeah, you know, and that's the way it was. So it's quite different today. Okay, so what would you tell uh, your nineteen-year-old self? My nineteen-year-old self, no, I, knowing what you know now. Yes. And entering into college. Don't wait for graduation to prepare for graduation. That's good. That preparation has to start early, early on. I was so pleased because just yesterday I had a student, actually two, two of my students were freshmen okay. coming in. They had clear goals for the future, okay. but they said, what should I do between now and then to prepare mm. myself? What kind of experiences? What kind of internships? What should my coursework be? Should I add a minor, et cetera, et cetera? So if you wait, and I have had students sit in the chair across from my desk, and they're five weeks from graduation, and they go, my God. I don't have any idea what I want to do, and I hated my major. Mm. Houston, we have a problem. We have a big problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I understand that it's often difficult to discern what you really want to do, what you really want to sure. like, until you yeah. have experience. But waiting until the last minute is not optimal. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. That's probably one of the <laughs> most uh, difficult or the largest barrier to successful graduation for first time first generation yeah. college students because no one's done it before them so they're kind of mavericks in this 
front yeah, that's you. Yeah, that's a, a good way to put it. If you don't have that support around you mm-hmm. telling you what to do, yeah. um, or at least suggesting. Mm-hmm. When you tell people, uh, oftentimes the reaction is, you're yeah. telling me what to do? No, right, I'm right. an independent young person. Sure. I'm going to do what I want. But... Um, yeah, that's great to surround yourself with people who have walked that path before. Absolutely. So for graduating students uh, that don't have a job lined up after graduation, what are some practical things that they can do in the meantime? Number one, meet with your career coach. And I'm not saying that just as an unsolicited um, advertisement. Sure, sure. But um, career coaches have been there, done that. And they sometimes can bring a little bit of perspective mm-hmm. to the student who is a little bit up in the air and doesn't know what they want to do. But from a very practical standpoint, a career coach can help prepare the documents you're going to need. Mm. You need to have a well-written resume. You need to know how to write a personal cover letter and not one that's just, I am the best, yeah, call right, me in right. two weeks, you know, <laughs> right, right. a very egotistical kind of cover letter. Um, they need to know how to navigate different job placement sites, mm. how to find out salary information, all those kind of things. So we can help with that. But I guess don't totally panic, but come seek help. Yeah, yeah. So for undergraduate student. Mm-hmm. How do they choose between getting a job and going in uh, to graduate school and getting their master's degree? That is a really difficult question because it's so circumstantial in a way. Okay. If, um, for example, if your goal, again, yesterday, I see a lot of students, but yesterday a student came in. Her goal is to teach on the collegiate level. She's a freshman. Oh, wow. A zoology major. And mm. so she wanted to know, do I, um, what, sh- what should I do? You know, what kind of graduate program should I go to? Because she understands that she needs a terminal degree. And, you know, incidentally, I don't know why they t- call it terminal degrees because it sounds like it's going to kill you. But, and, and sometimes it, it might. It feels that way. But, but she was, it, there was a clear path. She had to do a master's before she could earn a PhD sure. to teach at the collegiate level. But then I have another student who is a zoo and wildlife major. Okay. And she said, I have no interest in becoming a veterinarian. Um, I don't want to teach. I want to be an animal husbandry. I want to be working in an aquarium or a zoo. And she was thinking that she needed a master's. Wow. And, you know, what I suggested to her is perhaps you don't. Because if you can get your foot in the door with some internships, which she already has lined up, and she's one of those freshmen who is really thinking ahead, said you get your foot in the door, perhaps if you're going to move up in management, maybe an MBA would be better than something even subject, Mm -hmm. you know, pertinent. So um, it that can be a really difficult question, but I think even graduate school acceptances. Are tending, for example, for medical school, PA, PT, OT, those kind of things. Sure. They really prefer a student who has a little bit of life experience. Yeah. So I tell my students, don't rush life, particularly if you have debt. Mm. Get a job. Yes. And start paying it Knock off. Knock that debt out. Because yeah. almost every single 
master's degree that you would want could be done online. Yes. So once you get settled into a job, because that's a huge transition between college student and functioning adult, <laughs> you know, with an apartment and paying and bills and this and that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so are there circumstances where you should go into a, right into a master's? Sure. But I don't think that's a, the greatest path for a Most, great majority yeah. of students. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's good advice. What is a good basic interview strategy for for students, whether it's for vocation mm -hmm. or for um, you know competitive graduate studies? Yes, programs? of course. Mm -hmm. You can prepare. I used to think that you sort of just walked in and you winged it. Mm. You know, they're going to ask me a question. I'm going to pop off and answer. But it's a little bit more complicated than that. Okay. Because. Um, even the simplest questions, tell me a little bit about yourself, can be very difficult yes. because students start talking. Hi, I am Rebecca, and, 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 and this run-on sentence lasts for like four minutes, and the plane never lands on the ground until usually the interview will go, um, yeah, okay, let's move on. Yes. Let's move on. So even those simple little things, but so many questions that are being asked in interviews mm -hmm. can be practiced and thought of ahead of time. Yeah. And that's another function that a career coach can do is we love to do mock interviews. Wait a minute. So a student can come to your... Heavens, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, the most valuable mock interviews are the ones that we we have their resume ahead of time. We have their job description ahead of time. Yes. And so that we can really role play yes. and make it specific to the job to which they're applying. That's and you good. know, of course, there are strategies for in-person interviews as well as virtual interviews. Mm. Lots of virtual interviews. Yes, they are. And um, Post-pandemic, that's oh, yeah. just the way to go. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're, we're seeing a little bit of a turn because more in-person interviews are occurring. But if an employer has to fly someone 2,000 miles to have an in-person interview, sorry, your interview is going to be virtual. Yes. And so there are some... Um, sort of tips and strategies to make those most effective as well. Wow. I wish this kind of service was available to me when I was an undergraduate and yeah. transitioning to, like you say, real-world responsibilities. Um, so I hope our listeners would take advantage of this and come yeah, see and, you. And let me, let me throw this out, too, because even once you graduate, mm -hmm. you have access to career services for the rest of your life. That At is no amazing. cost. That is if amazing. you went out and hired a career coach, the standard price is $200 an hour. An hour. Yeah. yeah. So if you get out there and you you get in that job situation, sure. all right, you're paying off debt, and then you're going, uh, I really think I want to go to grad school or I want to apply. I had a young lady last week who got her foot in the door with Virginia Department of Health mm -hmm. and her boss got a promotion, so she's applying for the for the position that was vacated, and she needed a little bit of help on how to do that. So we're here That's for, excellent. for anyone. That's excellent. So could you talk about um, interview etiquette, for example? Yes. It's very important 
to know people's names. And I am speaking to myself because I think I'm pathologic in terms of coming <laughs> up with someone's name. But the the most endearing thing you can do yes. is know who you're speaking to and call them by name throughout yeah. the interview. Yeah. If you have to write it down, because if it's an in-person interview, carry a, carry a portfolio and jot down Absolutely. their names so that you know who you're talking to. And you also know who, after the interview, who to thank by email, who to pop a little note in the mail, like a written note with a stamp on it. You mean handwritten? And send it. Yes. Oh, my. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you what. Employers... They appreciate that. Because, it's the little things. Yes, because so few people even know how to address an envelope. <laughs> and I true. hate to say that, but it was a couple of years ago I had some college students helping me do a mailing, mm. and they had never addressed an envelope. Wow. I had to teach them. Wow. So figure it out, but have, right. that, have that note already written out. That's good. And as soon as you walk out, pop it in the mail. Yeah. And that can make a make a big difference. Yeah, personalizing but, yeah, yourself. Exactly. And you're not a, just a resume or a, a bump in their day. That's right. Mm -hmm. Because they're not interviewing or they're not hiring a piece of paper. They're That's hiring correct. a person. That's right. So if you can be personal, even mm -hmm. and even when they ask you a story, for example, um, what do you think is your greatest weakness? Answer it with a story. Yes. So, for example, the way I might answer that is, well, my biggest challenge is that when I'm super focused is that I lose – I put the blinders on and I lose perspective. For example, I can remember it like yesterday. Right. It was 1977. I was walking across a snow-covered campus out in Ohio. Snow was piled up. All I wanted to do was get in the car and go home. Well, the next day, I was chastised by a friend who said, what a snot you are. You didn't even speak to me. I didn't even see her, to be honest, sure. because I was just so focused. So what I need to do is be very, very aware that even when I'm concentrating, focusing on a project, that I am aware of where I am, who I'm around, and interact appropriately yeah what you just did for me was answer my question but you guided me to the conclusion that i that you wanted me to draw from it and not just say i have this issue right and leave it up to the person to uh decide well, how would that affect yeah, yeah exactly yes you always have to say it's everyone has weaknesses sure but how have you recognized it and how are you working to improve that that's good so you always have to make sure that when you're asked a question mm -hmm. that you give a story that illustrates the point and sort of emphasizes how that can be of value in the workplace. That's good. So you go through this interview process mm -hmm. and you're offered the job. Yay. How, yes, right. That's what we're aiming for. Yeah. But how do you decide as the candidate whether this is a good fit for you or not? That's a great question. Okay. You really, and before you even go into the interview, you need to have a firm grip on what is the mission and the vision of this organization. Organization, right. If it's something that's diametrically opposed from philosophically mm -hmm. from where you're coming at, it's not going to be a good fit. It's never going to be no. a good fit. <laughs> and if it's illegal, it's not going to be a good fit, you know? But... Um, 
ask questions. Ask about the culture. Yes. If you can, talk to people. Check out their their social media hmm. because you can tell a lot from the kind of things that are posted, the pictures that are posted. Yes. Yes. Um, now, obviously, social media, you can portray any image you want. Sure. But if you look hard enough, you, a lot of times you can get a sense for, is this a place <clears throat> excuse me, where I would really feel comfortable coming day after day after day? Mm-hmm. Ask about leadership style. Yeah. If, if you have a manager that is, you know, my way or the highway micromanager, Mm-hmm. And you're a bit of a free spirit. That might not be a That's good a, fit. Yeah. So you have to do your homework a little bit. Sure. Um, and put the feelers out there. Yeah. And pray. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> pray yeah. hard. That's right. So when you're accepting <clears throat> your first job, how do you know what's acceptable compensation? And that can be a really hard one. Yeah. Because a lot of times, and this whole negotiation thing can be a bit of a bugaboo if you have never done it and it Mm. feels uncomfortable and the challenge for a college student is they tend to think well gosh i have i don't have a lot of experience and and some money is better than no money so i'm going to take whatever i can get but it's interesting because i actually do some presentations on negotiating and i make it practical and a little bit humorous at times with some videos and so forth but most employers expect you to negotiate a little bit. Yes. Now, there are you you have to have a foundation though of knowledge in order to negotiate successfully. So you go to places like blsgov.gov, mm-hmm. you go to salary.com, ZipRecruiter, and what you can do is you can put in your job title and you can find a plethora of information in terms of of in these type of venues, what's the average salary? What's the beginning salary? What's the top 10% of the salary? So that information is really, really out there. But you also have to consider, where am I going to live? The market. Yes. And so um, nerdwallet.com has, that's a great site to go to, but then look for the cost of living calculator. That's good. It's very user-friendly. There's all kinds of pictures, but what you can do is you can put in the city where you are now, or let's say you're comparing two jobs. You're comparing a job in Raleigh, North Carolina Mm -hmm. that offered you X amount of dollars. Sure. But you also have a job that's been offered in Tacoma, Washington. Wow. So you put that. And Very then you, different markets. Right. And then you put in the actual salary that you've been offered mm-hmm. in that first place. And it will tell you exactly how much more. If Tacoma happens to be more expensive venue, it will tell you what your salary needs to be mm-hmm. in order to be on equal basis with what you're getting in Raleigh. That's good. And then as you scroll down, you just get a wealth of information. See, that didn't exist pre-internet no, for no. me. <laughs> it, that's right. And yeah. for me either. You sort of just go, well, I don't know. Can I pay my bills with that? Right, you right, know? right. Um, But you can be smart about it. That and is there is information out there. But power comes from information. That's you right. have no negotiating power if you don't have the facts. And you can't say, well, for my research, I've – 
come to find that the average sal- salary is 48000 in this area. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for something perhaps in that In, in that, that range. Yeah, yeah, sure. Good. So what are some things to look for and ask uh, about to learn about the company's culture? I, I heard you mention it earlier, find out the culture. Yes. But what kind of questions... Can you ask? Well, even to... even in your interview, because this, okay. is, this is one thing that students have to really remember to do, that? is that once the, once the employer is finished asking questions, almost always they're going to say, so do you have, have any, any questions, questions for us? Sure. Do not, under any circumstances, <laughs> come, no, I'm good, yeah. and walk away. <laughs> no, right. they want you to ask thoughtful questions. Mm-hmm. So pre-think those questions. So you might ask, and you don't want to ask anything that's adversarial. Yeah, or offensive. Yeah. Yes. But you might say, what do you find is the best thing about working here? Mm. Um, and they'll they'll tell you something. Or can you tell me what I would expect in a typical work day? Sure. Um, and you can you can just ask. You don't ask salary questions. You don't ask benefit questions until that job is actually offered. Offered, right? Right. But uh, you might even ask. So, how many people would I be interacting with within my department? And can you tell? Give me an example of someone who has been able to advance themselves. Mm-hmm. If they can't come up with a question, then maybe there's no room for. That's right. Moving up That's right. and growing and developing in your career. That's good. So you can ask some questions that won't put them on edge, mm-hmm. but that can garner some good information. Yeah. Well, listen, we're about – we're at the, my last question. Okay. But in the semester itself, we're nearing a month and a half before graduation. Yes, sir. What advice do you have for our listeners right now? I think number one, you do have to have to pray, mm. but you also have a responsibility to do some homework. That's right. So before you even hit and this is this is one thing that I caution people, it's so easy to go on indeed and they have the easy apply and you go dink, uh, dink, dink. Yes. Don't do that. Because, number one, um, uh, try to apply directly from an employer's website. Yes. Make sure your document, make sure that your resume, uh, one resume may not fit all. Mm -hmm. You need to target your resume so it's specific to the job to which you're applying. You need to write a cover letter. Oftentimes, you'll see in an application, it'll say cover letter optional. optional. yeah. No, it's not optional. <laughs> not <Okay>? really. <laughs> Sometimes it's a test. We've had a hiring manager tell us that there was a job out there, 20, 25 candidates applied. It said cover letter optional. Two cents a cover letter. Guess yeah. how many people got the interview? Two. Two. Yeah. Yes. But make sure that your cover letter is very specific to the company. And don't make it all about you. Mm. Don't make it all about you. Give them a little bit about uh, of your backstory in that first paragraph. And then say, so this is why I'm applying for XYZ position. In the second paragraph, make a connection to the company. Yes. And then the third paragraph, 
don't be an egotistical maniac. Just say, I cannot tell you how much I look forward to learning how I can best serve you and the organization. Thank you for your time and consideration. That's brilliant. And that's it. Mm -hmm. But those personalized cover letters can make a huge difference. So resume, cover letter, um, make sure you apply if at all possible, directly from the employer's website, because a lot of times, if you apply on Indeed, you can't submit a cover letter. That's right. For example, mm -hmm. even though it's easy, but keep track. You know, we have students who are applying for 10, 15, 20 jobs. Create an Excel file before you start so you can keep track. I would forget in 20 minutes, who I talked to or what they said, write it down. Sure. So that if someone says, if you don't hear from us within two weeks, call us. Write it down. Put that date down and call them back on that date. So you have to be organized yeah. in your pursuit of a job after graduation. This is this is gold, and and I hope our listeners take advantage of it. I'm so grateful for your time today. I Absolutely, thank you my pleasure for your role here at the university, and uh, I think that if our students are diligent and do the things that you say, that they will find great success in their future and in Absolutely, their future vocation. Will. Yes, yeah. and they can always come back for more help when they need it. That's it. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. And thank you. I look forward to. Spending more time with you again soon. I would love it. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.